everybody. Welcome back to another Hard in the Paint podcast, NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host, Matt, again joined by Michael. And on this uh, first of the year episode, as in January 22nd, because I'm finally somewhat stabilizing in my new apartment, we have plenty of things to talk about because we haven't had an episode in almost a month. And a lot of things happened. And the All-Star Game's also happening. And Boogie came back. So let's just hit the ground running with uh, something coming up soon that uh, I'll probably let you spoil our special guest. But now there's this mean blue demon out there, and his name is Zion Williamson. And I want to know, is he even worth tanking for and are these tanking teams actually bad enough to get him i if you're the nets or the Cavs or the knicks it's worth tanking for zion because you'll fill up seats cleveland you need a star the knicks also need box office and the nets you got a good team put zion in there but if you're the hawks are you really doing enough to tank for Zion? It doesn't seem like it. I, I would agree with you. I think the number one problem, though, is that the Nets actually aren't doing so bad right now. Like, the Nets are actually decent. Like, And that's what's worrying me. <laughs> that's the team that should be tanking. Like, they, you they have probably have the, They have tank. the best supporting cast for that guy out of all the tanking teams right now, I think. And they're going to kind of lose it because their young guys are too, like, dumb to lose again. So they just want to <laughs> play and win. But they do have, like, $70 million in cap space coming up. Yeah, but we all know Especially no one's going to the Nets. Mm, can't rule it out. Can't rule it out. Uh, so, obviously, Duke has also lost the number one ranking in the uh, AP poll. That's a pretty cool thing. Uh, go pack. Go what do we make of the rookies this year? DeAndre Ayton and uh, Luka, Don- Luka Doncic, I think, is this kid? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how to say his name. I haven't heard uh, enough Telecasters try and pronounce it properly. Um, but, you know, I think Zion really could be better than both of these guys. You know, he's bigger, he's blacker, he's just a better college player than both of them right now. So... The, the the odds are high that Zion will be the best ever rookie of the year next year. Except, have you heard the hot take that he wants to stay in college for another year? Oh, no, no, no. Tell me more. What? <laughs> Why? So, I think it was... I don't remember where I heard it, but uh, someone did an interview with him, and uh, he said something along the lines of he'd be letting a lot of people down if he didn't stay longer. He's not competing against anybody for like the top spot, you know. It's. I, I don't know if it's some he said she said made up story to kind of keep things interesting for the NBA draft, but uh, that would be pretty freaking insane if he never went this year and then magically got injured and then tanked like Omega hard. Well, it would just confirm that the Cavs get the number one pick if they get it back to back years, right? Yeah, it would make sense that the Cavs lose it this year 
having paid Zion to stay in another year. And then we get like an Adidas Louisville conspiracy all over again. <laughs> and of course, it's another number one Duke player, let alone Kyrie Irving. And Zion is, you know, in terms of probably body type, the closest thing that we've had to LeBron, even though it's not really. I think that the number one problem is I don't see a ton of like finesse with Zion's game. Like, okay, we know he's not the best at shooting threes, kind of like LeBron. Passing vision isn't really there. It's really more of like a bully ball LeBron, which Mm. kind of works because he's like 50 pounds heavier than everyone else that he plays against. I see him as just a very raw version of Boogie. A shorter, raw Boogie. <laughs> Sounds weird, but yeah. I, yeah, I could get behind it. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else we have on the docket? Should Chris Bosch make a comeback? Well, this a was, uh, you know, this was a fan-submitted question by our uh, favorite Miami Heat fan that will not be named. However... Uh, for the sake of his heart, as well as Chris Bosch's heart, I suggest that he doesn't come back as a player, but instead as a shooting coach for some of these larger, talented big men in the league that could uh, learn a thing or two about how to shoot the deep ball. Interesting. Should the Inside the NBA crew host the Oscars this year? Absolutely. I think this is... You know, without a doubt, the best thing the Oscars could do. Uh, you know, they, they've already rejected, you know, other comedic black male talent. Why not have three of them and a white guy that kind of rules them all at the same time? You know, it would only yeah. make sense to... And you're not picking someone so controversial, right? Like, Charles Barkley is about as vanilla as you get in terms of just talking points. And he's uh, pretty vanilla when it comes to how black he is, too. So we have decided to do an obligatory one minute worth of talking time about the Super Bowl matchup between the Rams and the Patriots. Are Any you, thoughts? Are you starting the timer or am I starting the timer? <laughs> I'll start the timer. Any thoughts? So I watched uh, the last quarter of this game and the overtime, <laughs> and I was so upset that uh tom brady pulled the tom brady yet again and then overtime in the nfl is the most fucking stupid thing i've ever heard of like whoever invented those rules needs to be fired and never allowed to play any sort of commissioning role again all right so that was like 27 seconds let's just move on the bulls speaking of firing the bulls fired fred hoiberg uh possible player mutiny in chicago zach levine may or may not be behind it New coach has rolled in. I, I don't even remember his name. And Jabari has been thrown to the bench. What do we make of the bowl situation? And Wendell Carter, I think, is out now for the yeah. rest of the year. He's got a pretty bad thumb injury. So oh, he's but out. Mello is temporarily a, a bull. Yeah, exactly. So I think this firing was preemptive, knowing Mello was going to come. Because obviously Mello <laughs> doesn't practice a whole lot, doesn't do twice a day as uh, they were insisting upon. Fred was so rudely kicked out the door. You know, a coach that had really accomplished a whole lot in his tenure there. Uh, and that's part of Jabari's problem, too. I mean, they're practically the same person, just 10 years younger. So 
a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, the real sad part here is is Wendell. Uh, I think he tore something in his thumb, so he's out for like six to eight weeks, which is pretty important because this is like the lull of the season where you could sneak in a few wins, maybe. You know, but, but it's good for their tanking purposes. Yeah, it is, and he's a uh, you know probably one of the uh, ten best rookies in this class so far. I like he's pretty solid. Like. Let's get it out of the way early, and he'll have a much better second year. Tibbs is also thrown out in Minnesota, and there's possible talk that Hoiberg might end up taking the job. Right now, temporarily, it's been Flip Saunders' son, which is sort of interesting because he's just kind of a young kid. What do we make of Minnesota? Post-Jimmy Butler, D. Rose kind of had this rejuvenated season. Robert Covington is in the fold. Sarge still kind of on his legs. Cat kind of becoming the guy in Minnesota. Yeah, honestly, this team's a lot more entertaining to watch now. Like, if you <laughs> disregard the whole Jimmy Butler saga, you know, you, I think Rose had like 31 points the other night. Like, he's clearly, you know, I don't know if he technically fits the six man of the year role or even the most improved player role, but he's clearly an all star, according to the fan vote. And it just seems like Covington and Sarich is like the best two non-stars you could ever have on a team in this era. It's like either you already have like a lack of good two guards and nobody wants to play four anymore. So it's like you have all these dynamic point guards, small forwards, and like what used to be power forwards but are now stretch fives pretty much. And they're like the perfect in-between men to like whatever style that you're trying to play do you think with this kind of lineup and interim you know coaching manager is maybe going to make the playoffs you know i think it will be really close i think they're going to be in that run for that eighth spot because you've had like uh, one of the easier uh schedules so far if I'm not mistaken, so they've got some hard games coming up, but they also had no idea what they were doing in those games earlier because they didn't have the stability they would have liked to. Who really knows what's going to happen there? But I think they could be like a eight seed, maybe a seven. I don't see mm. them getting much higher than that, though. Do you, this Minnesota team... Do you think it like this band would kind of stick together, this core that's left now, and kind of the post Jimmy Butler? You think D Rose might be out the door kind of next year? Like, I mean, for all I know, Rose could be a sixer, right? Like, it looks like like D Rose would fit into like a 76er model, right? Kind of fits that Fultz role of just like a shooting guard. You know, if there was one guy that is probably like number one on the trading like trading boards it's probably him right now right it's like this guy's getting paid like five million this year and he's putting up multiple 30 point games coming off the bench you know career high threes had a 51 point game earlier uh can still get to the cup doesn't do the flashy dunks anymore but Bill Bricks goes off the dribble and he had a crazy game winner the other night just like he used to do with the step back to the right three it's like you know, if I was Minnesota, I would look at almost flipping him and someone else for, like, an actual all-star. 
like uh, Kevin Love. No. <laughs> I was thinking like you flip like Rose and Wiggins for like John Wall. Ooh, oh, I, I don't know about that. That's uh, I don't know if I like that for either team. Uh, actually, we should talk about Wiggins here. Do you think Wiggins? So definitely, from what I've seen in some Minnesota basketball, Cat has definitely improved at least on the offensive end without Jimmy Butler. I don't know if I can say the same about Wiggins. Is this yeah. guy ever gonna like pan out? So I think the problem now is like Covington kind of does everything that everybody wanted Wiggins to do, and then Sarge does all the glue things that Wiggins occasionally did. So it's like, what do you do with him? Is he an ISO guy? Is he a corner three guy? Is he a Corey Brewer type guy, you know. His role is so confusing to me. I guess the number one option on that team is Cat. Number two, D Rose? Three, Roko? If you're talking like four Wiggins in terms of just offensive. Like um, if you're just like, get me a basket, guys, you know, it'd be. Yeah. You obviously start with Cat, then you get mm-hmm. Rose if it's a good matchup because. Point guards are the most important position. Then after that, it's got to be some cutting action with Roko, Sarge, Wiggins, right? Like, Teague's not good enough, right? Oh, I forgot Jeff Teague's on that team. Wow. Like, what is the market for Wiggins, right? Because, obviously, over the summer, you got a lot of teams with cap space. You're going to have about 12 to 13 teams with pretty good cap space. I can take on the Wiggins contract, but not a lot of teams. Like it's going to be a very much a, like a, a seller's market, right? Like they're going to be able to offsell players for really high prices. You know, assuming clay doesn't move, you know, wherever KD goes, but it's like, what if Kyrie, Jimmy, Kawhi all stay where they are? There aren't that many players really out on the market. Then Wiggins might be like, you know, one of the best five guys in the market in the summer. That's a decent point. I'd have to take another look at like the depth chart of Minnesota now, like who they're actually playing minutes wise. But you know, dang, just all over the place. <laughs> Monster. I feel like you should put some deal together with Wiggins plus someone and get like somebody who has a log jam of small forwards. Phoenix. Yeah, I was gonna say Phoenix, but I feel like we always make that trade whenever we Orlando. talk about Wiggins. Lando. Aaron Gordon. You could grab like a Tim Hardaway Jr. out of that deal. What about Aaron Gordon? I don't think Orlando's ever going to get rid of him. I mean, the money-wise, it's not the same. And if the Magic and Isaac and all these other guys already log-jammed behind him. Um, Miami. Miami loves getting into just a complete shitty cap space situation. You know, I saw an interesting, I think it was the Ringer did an article the other day about how, like, Vucevic is, like, in Orlando is, like, the number one hot trade item that nobody's talking about or something. He's, yeah. like, the only valuable center even on the market that a team could want. And 
there's like no instant contender that comes to my mind that doesn't have already a good center, but there's plenty of like the intermediary teams that could use a good center. Like, I think if the Clippers did like a trade for Vucevic, like that would be an instant upgrade from Gortat, mm -hmm. you know, or like, uh, well, you got Montrez Harrell, right? Yeah, but he, he's not like starting, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's going to be the guy, right? Or like, um, like New York right now, if they somehow got him, pair him with Porzingis next year. Who's the good. center for the Nets? Uh, I think it's Alan the Afro, but I don't know who their next guy up is. That might be an interesting trade. Speaking What's of trades, yeah, Fultz, 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 Fultz. Diagnosed with guy. TOS, <laughs> uh, so he's officially got a, I guess, a medical condition. Put it that way. So, so the fun part about this is there's this new channel on YouTube now. I forget the name of it, but it's like a doctor that does. Met, like breaks down Sports these medical medicine? diagnoses of like all these NBA players recently. Like he did TOS because that was like so freaking confusing to a normal person. And then he talked about like most recently Lonzo Ball's ankle sprain, tier three ankle sprain from like two days ago, mm. which is like actually like a tier three sprain is actually basically just ripping your ligament. Ah. Uh, but it's only a sprain because they don't do surgery right away. Like, oh, I didn't know that. And, like, one of my uh, relatives had, like, a very similar ligament injury. I was like, oh, well, let me see how this guy explains it. He does a pretty good job. They're, like, five, six-minute videos, and he kind of explains the joint or the muscle or whatever and then talks about how they repaired or how he got it injured. Um, pretty interesting stuff. He did one on D Rose. He did one on John Livingston. So he's got. He only has a few videos, but they're all pretty good. But uh, TOS is going to be pretty hard to come back from. But I think that's why Philly recently acquired Corey Brewer from I think just free agency, if I remember. Really solid glue guy. Fits almost like a glove in that team, like playing as either Redick or Jimmy's like backup at any point. Mm. Or alongside him even too, because he's just like lanky defender, pretty athletic. Kind of learned how to shoot threes when he used to play in Houston. And has just a little bit of a... An edge. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that edge yeah. that um, fits that, well Like P.J. With... Tucker kind of playoff... Yeah, fits well with Embiid and Butler and Simmons and all that. Like, that's a massive team now if you're, like, Simmons, uh, Brewer, yeah. like, Butler, Sar uh, not Sarge. Uh, well, JJ? Chandler I mean, JJ and JJ would be, Embiid. like, the shortest guy, right, at, like, six. But you only have to start Redick. Like, you could start oh, a whole a lineup point. with, like, six, six and higher. Yeah, I mean, who's that, who's that rookie they got? Landry, Landry something? Landry Shamet, yeah. Pretty and solid. That huge too. And Korkmaz is pretty solid too. Interesting. So what do we make of, of Fultz, right? Like 18 months ago, this guy was the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, this is um 
is this like time for Philly to move on? Do they stick with him? Do they like write it out? Well, I think our GM Elton Brand uh, really just needs to put the hammer down and say, we're not playing Fultz the rest of the year. Don't worry about it, guys. He'll be back next year just like Carlo Ben and Embiid were. Mm. But they're surprisingly so successful since last year that there's a ton of push to just want him to play and like do well. And... Is this like <laughs> we keep we say we keep faults, but really we got like a burner phone working out the trades on the back kind of thing? Yeah, but we're not going to get fired for it this time. <laughs> All right, fair point. You got to get him make... in like for one game, though, to make sure he's not a bust. You know, put him oh, in he for just like... like... Yeah, he just seems like one of those, we're going to go play the Cavs or something, or like, you know, one of those games where you can just beat up on a team. Where your yeah. second unit is so much better than their second unit that you can just run the floor. Yeah, you got to get some just a little bit of stock promise and then hope that like Washington blows up for him or something. What's what's your opinion on on Jimmy Butler being in Philly now? He's been there for a decent stretch of games and they've already had kind of this not enough touches, not I don't like the system, kind of this I don't want to say it's like a chemistry problem because it's not really a problem. They're still winning. But it, it's kind of got this tense vibe between him and Beard and Simmons. And, you know, you got three alpha males. Yeah, this is where it gets a little crazy to me. So when you think about it just on paper, like, they're the only team with, like, as many all-stars as Golden State. Well, Golden State has five now, technically, right? Boogie's back. The closest, like them, like <laughs> maybe the Celtics, and then like Philly in terms of just like number of all-stars. Okay. Or potential all-stars. Okay. And Golden State kind of made it work because like Clay and Draymond Seaver. don't need yeah. touches. And yeah. Steph's like has always been a good distributor. And their system before they got all those hot heads was already like very distribution focused. Mm. You go back to like Remember that first year in Miami with LeBron and the big three? You know, they had a, they had the same issues where, you know, those really all three of those guys were ISO guys. You know, they were giving me the ball. I'm gonna make a basket and get out of the get out of my way, Chalmers. You know, so it's like, you know, they gotta make it work out a bit. I think there's a little bit of. You know, Jimmy's kind of the vet now, which is weird because he hasn't right, really had it's... success as a vet yet. I was going to say, he's probably the most accomplished on that team, but he's the last guy on that team. You know, like he's the guy that wasn't there last year, right? Like he's not like a, he's not like a sixer yet, but he's clearly the most accomplished of all the other guys. Yeah, but he's like their only perimeter threat. Which is kind of sad, like off the ball perimeter threats. Like you would almost want to say, like, "Oh, Reddick's our vet. He's gonna like be that good voice in the locker room." But he just like only gets anything because of everybody else, you know? Yeah, and I mean Reddick's having like a career year, but I get recently like he's not really that kind of anchor, right, on either side of the ball. Um, this team, are they making Eastern Conference Finals? Are they going to win the East? Where where do we kind of see them right now? 
I, I'm still optimistic. I think they can. I think some of this too is like this um, pressure for like a really good narrative going into the playoffs for the East because you know at the beginning of the year we were like, all right, it's Celtics, then it's like Raptors, Sixers, and then it's everybody else. And it was pretty. Well, I, had the, I was high on the box, but yeah. But it was like pretty much on lock for right then, like before any of these trades happened and like people started playing like. At the end of last year, that's what th- we all thought. Yeah, like we definitely knew who the top five teams in the East were, with like Boston probably being the favorite to come out. Yeah, like almost the clear like Golden State level favorite because yeah. of how well they did last year without any All Stars. So yeah. now it's like, <laughs> you know, we have we have to have something there to keep things spicy for the masses. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we have to apologize, like how Kyrie has apologized to our viewership for leading them astray about Boston Celtics, uh, you know, possibly having a great run here. Yeah. Let me go call up LeBron real fast and ask him how to be a leader real quick. God, my AC unit's so freaking loud. <laughs> I apologize. It's like, I have to, the, where I'm set up right now, I'm basically right next to it. So, that will, that will change soon, though, once I get an actual desk and chair to sit in, folks. <laughs> uh, so one other kind of kind of thing I wanted to mention before we kind of move into, like, the next segment on kind of these other these other kind of fringe uh, NBA stories. George Hill is a buck now. I, I sneaky like this move. I think it gives them a good second unit guy. You can also be a starter if they have an injury in the lineup. He's pretty reliable, George Hill, in short minutes, which is all they're really going to need from him in the playoffs. I like this move. Yeah, yeah, they needed another perimeter threat, another guy that can run set plays. Uh, I think they had Deladova as their backup guard for, like, I mean, he was injured most of the time, and they didn't really need him to be, like, a defender. Mm Mm-hmm. And they kind of bought high on him after that 2014 finals. Yeah. finals. Yeah. After he almost died. Yeah. Where he basically played himself. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever seen someone play themselves so hard. Like, <laughs> like, they had to scrape him off the floor after each game. It was just like, it was like, it was like having a little kid. You know, when we used to play pickup and we had Mike play with us? And it's like, we know he's not very good, but he just keeps trying. It was like that. Yeah, except with a lot less elbows. <laughs> uh, I don't so... know. I don't know. <laughs> don't elbow, man. So the government is shut down, and Washington season is all but almost shut down. John Wall is now injured. Bradley Beal, like, trade value is going through the roof right now. Uh, Thomas Sadaransky and Bradley Beal... Trevor Ariza recently come in might actually be able to make this team work now. Yeah, isn't this like the weirdest turn of events? Like, okay, I think everyone expected like somebody to get injured on this team and the team to start to suck, but like they're actually better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, I'm kind of almost happy for like Beal at this point because it's like he's getting the credit he deserves now. But like, you know, you kind of feel bad for like our our neighbor from Raleigh now. I don't know if I feel bad for him. I, it's it's one of those things where I think he's 
pretty much now got the worst contract in the NBA in terms of his style of play, his kind of locker room problems, and then the obvious money situation kind of tied in together. Yeah. Uh, John Wall might be like the least, uh, how do I phrase I guess the least desirable star NBA player right now. That's pretty sad considering they paid him like a five-year, hundred, almost $200 million deal. Like yeah, last I'm adding year. this up right now. So let's see. John Wall's contract over the next five years is holy fucking shit. Oh my God. It's like $180 million. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going up every year. So yeah. this year he's getting 19. Then it jumps. It almost doubles to 38 million. Then it's over 40. And in 2022, 2023, he's making $47 million a year. And that's a player option, which means Washington can't get out of that contract. That might be like the sneaky worst, like worst contract than Chris Paul right now. I think the move for the Wizards and their GM, which is uh, what, Ernie Grunfeld, this yes. might be the worst, you know, kind of GM decision since the whole like Brooklyn Celtics. Let me just trade away the decade type situation. This this might be the number two worst GM move of the decade. Okay, but let's think about this from from uh, let's just have a tinge of optimism here. <laughs> so in the next year, the cap's supposed to bump again. Then in four years, it bumps again. So by the time it gets to twenty twenty three, you know Corey Brewer is going to make fifty million a year. So it really doesn't <laughs> seem that bad. I mean, the problem is that John Wall. Bradley Beal, it's not working in Washington, and he can't really move John Wall. That nobody, nobody's going to take up this contract. True. That's going to be a real so hard one time, to. Uh... Is it time for Washington to start looking at how much they can get for Bradley Beal? You know, I maybe think you Lakers? try and pull a New Orleans and trade injured John Wall. I think oh. people still think he's good. But $45 million a year good? 37 isn't that bad. For a guy who's constantly injured and his type of game doesn't age well? So Boogie. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like Boogie still gives you... Like, he can shoot. You know, if nothing else, Boogie has developed a three-point shot that John Wall has just not learned how to do. Maybe you've got a point, but I think a team can make him work. I mean, you got to remember, you know, point guard is the most valuable position in the NBA. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think, proves your point pretty well. How about yeah. the Nets? Yeah, what are the Nets here on, like, a positive winning streak? They've won, they won 12 out of the last 14 games or something, something ridiculous. Yeah, they beat the Rockets, like, crazy against, like, a 60-point Harden game almost. They pushed Boston to the brink. Yeah, and they've got the Afro Allen that just blocks everybody. Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell. Is that the most underrated backcourt in the league right now? Spencer might win six man, like almost again. And then uh, I think so. everyone was like, oh, their season's over because Levert's hurt. Karras, they got drafted like two years ago that I was pretty high on. And he was like scoring like 25 and 7 a game before that. And he's gone, and now they're, like, winning more. So that's pretty crazy. 
Yeah, I think it's so interesting with the Nets and the Spurs and the Clippers, right? Where it's just three teams focused on player depth is really the only reason they're kind of winning, right? The Spurs, you know, Tony Parker was gone, Kawhi was gone, Danny Green's gone. And then DeJounte Murray gets injured at the beginning of the year, beginning of the season. And then they've just kind of relied on depth to get them through a lot of the games. And then same with the Clippers, no real first option. And then yeah, you kind of just like, have all these like mix and match kind of guys that come in, you know, like Montrez Harrell has a good run. Lou Williams comes in. Who's that tall dude? Uh, Gallinari? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like... Um... Like three teams that for all like usual seasons would tank out are like playoff fringe teams. And this is where it gets spicy because I'm pretty sure all three of them can sign a max player in the offseason with like yeah, minimal that... damage to their lineup. Yeah, I mean the way that the Clippers, the Clippers, if they play it right, could sign two guys to a max. The Nets, if they don't pick up D'Angelo Russell, they could probably pick up two guys on the max. And the Spurs are obviously going to be looking for something in a post Kawhi, post Greg Popovich, you know, kind of world. Yeah, I'd be really excited to see like, all right, you take like. The Clippers right now, and Gallo and Lou are out right now. But let's say it's like straight upgrade. It's just like you take Gallo, you get rid of him, and you put in like Kevin Durant instead. Like, holy <laughs> crap, that team is pretty good. You get Jimmy. I mean, even Jimmy's not off the table. Nobody's off or the Kawhi. table. Or Kawhi. That's crazy. Uh, Blake Griffin in Detroit is putting up career high points. And all right, here's here's his stats this 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 season: twenty five nine and five. Yeah, and his three point percentage is like insane. Like he's shooting step back threes all over the place. Like this is full like circle of point forward Blake Griffin that we had during that one run in like twenty thirteen when CB three was out. This yeah. is amazing, right? Yeah, like this guy should be an all-star. Like, but uh, no one is like talking about this team because Detroit sucks. Yeah, like it's pretty sad, honestly. Like they're, I I don't think they're as far off as they should be from like having like a decent team. Like they kind of have the depth thing figured out, but they just don't have any good. They need guys. a guard. Yeah, they just seem like a, a guard that can kind of do a little bit of a pick and roll between. The guard Android Andre Drummond, or the guard and obviously Blake Griffin, and you know a guard that can give him some spacing. Yeah, like a guard with like a like really a high three point percentage. Yeah, like a Bradley Beal maybe. Uh, I was gonna say like uh, a guard with a really high three point percentage that's kind of short and coming back from an injury soon. Marco Fultz. Uh, Isaiah Thomas actually. <laughs> That'd be pretty fucking crazy, right? He's supposed to come back, I think, in like the next week or two before the All-Star break, which is going to be crazy because like Denver's already really good. And I don't are know if he sure makes their team better. Are we sure Denver is really good and they're not? They're good. They're good. I just don't think they're contender. I think they're very much like fool's gold type of good. They kind of feel like Philly last year where it's like, 
okay, they're magically winning all of a sudden, but they could totally get hosed by like one particular type of I feel of like matchup. a coach that knows what he's doing can exploit Denver. Just yeah. like what we saw with Brad Stevens and Ben Simmons last year. As you yeah, it's like it's like Jokic has obviously got some weak points in his game, and they don't really have a like. Okay, they have uh, Pumley off the bench to kind of fix some of that, but it's like uh, you don't want to have to do that if you're Denver, you know. But they're still they're actually pretty entertaining to watch, though. Like I love that they play like just they like have just a different enough flavor to them to make them really enjoyable to watch. Well, Jokic as the big man playing. I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's not even like a point center, point forward kind of thing. It's just like a, a decision maker. It's yeah, I don't they even do know all these like, like pseudo handoff screens that like no other team does because he's just that good at passing between people's legs all the time. Like yeah, it's it's you know like in 2012, 2013 with Miami and it was like, you know, LeBron would kind of make these like cross court passes sometimes. He's doing that but in the post. And it's just, it's like a trademark thing that he's just able to do over and over and over again. He's not like big at all. Like, he's, he's just like very, I don't want to say he's fat or unathletic, but he's not like Boogie or LeBron or any of these monsters of a figure. He's just like a big Russian. Like, that's pretty much it. <laughs> So Seattle is getting a hockey team, and the Pelicans might lose Anthony Davis. Do the Pelicans relocate to Seattle? No, I think you're seeing your new NHL MVP, Anthony Davis, is going to move to the Supersonics once they realize the NBA cannot give him a large enough Supermax to actually keep him in the <laughs> league. He will be uh, a forward on Seattle's new NHL team. And they will actually win the Stanley Cup in two years. Uh, James Harden let's put this this insane midseason running into context. Yeah, all I gotta say about this is like, if there was an MVP vote in the past month or today, Harden would probably win it, like, pretty hands down. Yeah, I would say right now, in terms of MVP voting, Giannis won, James Harden. Like 1B. Like he's right behind Giannis as far as I'm concerned. No CP3. Capella has obviously missed the last two games, I believe, and he's going to be out for the next month at least. Well, they did just sign um, Kenneth Reed as his replacement. Yeah, but still. I mean, the, the burden is still going to be on Harden. Can Harden average like 37, 38 points per game? I hope not. <laughs> like he's the most boring person to watch because you know like half the shit he does is just like he's he's an ice yeah and i mean boring fouls and everything it's like ugh. i don't know sometimes it's fun to watch like when i watched uh when the rockets played uh golden state and they went to overtime and harden took that game over you know it kind of reminded me of uh lebron's kind of playoff coming out party right in 05 when he just beat up on the Pistons, and it was just like, well, like, LeBron has arrived. And it's like, oh, James Harden, this is this is what we want you to do in the playoffs. It's like, if he does this in the playoffs, he might, he might turn my opinion on him. 
Yeah, and of course everyone's take on this is he's gonna gas himself out before he even gets there. I I hope not, because then it's just kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah. I'm not optimistic though. Uh so mandatory Lakers talk. Uh LeBron is still out. Fifteen games and counting. Uh Rondo is out and Lonzo is now out. Uh is Brandon Ingram trash? I'm gonna have to give a no to this. Because I watched the Lakers Rockets game the other night and they were running LeBron sets with Ingram as LeBron and it actually worked kind of. He's he's got some nifty moves. And sometimes I, I see the whole like Kevin Durant comparison. I mean he's he's obviously not Kevin Durant, but I see why people say it sometimes, and I just think, man, why can't he do this for like 25 minutes a game? Yeah. That's where it gets me. But you gotta enjoy like the the six minutes a game where it's Lance time. Like that's why I watch that team, man. <laughs> the strumming the guitar. Yeah, you just watch it for Lance. I don't know, man. I really liked it when they had Lonzo, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Lance, and Zubach on the floor together. Pretty solid lineup. Gotta say, very hey, entertaining. Kuzma is like not the best basketball, but is Kuzma one of the more running for most improved at all? Like now, I mean, he's some. There was one game where he's been up stuff like clay type of efficiency, right? Like forty four points in twenty eight minutes or twenty nine minutes or something, which is like, I mean, that's like clay territory, right? Of offensive efficiency. Yeah, like that's yeah. crazy for a guy in his. Is this his second year? Yeah. That's insane. Oh, man. All right. Should the Lakers go after Bradley Beal or Anthony Davis? Uh, like, by this trade deadline? I think you got to go they... Anthony Davis. Like, Beal's great and all, but we know uh, LeBron needs another big man to play with him. Yeah. And they also need some... They need to stop giving up so many points in the paint. And Davis can guard all five positions. And he can shoot threes now. And he can play point guard. What more do you want? Just a seven-foot LeBron? I'll take two, please. Uh, will Boston ever get it together with their rotation lineups in time for the playoffs to win the East? Yeah, I think... Uh, <laughs> I was so reluctant. <laughs> I had to think about their lineup for a second, but yeah, I think if Kyrie can like start averaging like nine to ten assists a game... Like pretty regularly, like go like twenty eight and ten, like. All right. Let's say it's let's say it's the playoffs, and they're down. They're in the second round. They're down three two. To. Toronto, in a second round series, and they're down three two, and they're going home for game six because uh, Toronto will have a home court, and there's four minutes left in the game. They're down by four. Who are you putting in that lineup, Kyrie? Kyrie Smart, Tatum. Mark, Marcus Morris? Yeah, Tatum Morris Horford. I think that's your lineup. I don't think. Jalen Brown, is Gordon Hayward are basically outside looking in? I think Gordon Hayward's going to be outside looking in for a while. I'm sorry. I, like, I love him, but he, yikes, he has not been. He still is not really anywhere where he needs to be. 
Yeah, you know what's sad is uh, Boogie has played two games, and I think Boogie has looked way better than Gordon Hayward. Boogie's looked real good. Like, uh, I watched the was game, the first game season? where he came back. Oh, my gosh. Like, he was just draining threes. I know that's all he did with his messed up uh, Achilles, too. Like, we got the Splash Mountain, the Splash Cousins, the Splash Brothers, the Splash Mamas Boys. <laughs> like, geez, it's so much fun. <laughs> all right. Assuming uh, Clay stays in Golden State, Jimmy... Kawhi, Kyrie, they all stay where they are. Uh, and you take Kevin Durant off the table because Kevin Durant's just going to do his own thing anyway. Would Boogie be the most I guess, coveted free agent for the summer? I won't say no. because Others in the running would be uh, Kemba. Kemba would be in the running. I think Kemba has like... I think Kemba's worth more, but I think more teams would need cousins, so like he's still a little bit of a damage good in my opinion. Damage in terms of the injury or his like locker room problems? Or... Yeah, just just kind of both really. Like I'm not <laughs> totally sold. Like I need to see him play not against convinced. like like uh in the playoffs. You need, you need to see like a playoff boogie. I need to see like a thirty and fifteen boogie game. Ooh, interesting. I mean you might get some of those with you know, if, if Golden State's already blowing out a team by the third quarter, I mean, he might just let Boogie run, just to let Boogie kind of run the offense, right? Take Steph out, take Clay out, take KD out. Might have some fun kind of... I mean, imagine a pick and roll with Draymond and Boogie. Yeah, it seems like a technical out. foul waiting to happen. Good <laughs> <laughs> okay. injection. Uh, all right, so I would say right now the Thunder are the closest team to knocking off Golden State in the West. Yeah, Russell even Westbrook with is Westbrook, having yeah. historically poor shooting struggles right now. And Paul like, George is like, like almost thirty-nine-year-old Kobe bad shooting struggles. What's what's going on with Russell Westbrook? And then I guess we can kind of talk about the the Thunder as like a whole team. I have really no clue what's wrong with his like shot form right now because he seems like he's shooting it pretty similarly yeah it just seems like he's in a slump right like i don't know like it seems like he'll just snap out of it but he hasn't yeah i don't know if it's his legs aren't there or if he's just ducking more than normal i mean he kind of always did that anyways <laughs> but like he's shooting like 17 percent from three and he takes like six a game which is like ridiculously bad I think the crazy thing is this is the best performance I've seen of a player who's struggling so much on offense, but playing the game so well. You know, like there's Ben Simmons, right? Who like basically refuses to shoot. Who can kind of, you know, pull the strings of the game. And Russell Westbrook, you know, his assists are still there. His rebounding, he might average another triple-double this season, which would be insane. And he's playing really hard on defense. Like, he's top four in seals and deflections and, you know, all the other defending categories that a guard would probably dominate in. It's almost it's, like... He's just kind of missing that shooting element. Almost like they... Weird. Handed the reins over to Paul George and told Westbrook, all right, you're not 1A on offense anymore. Do you think it's ramifications after his knee surgery? 
Didn't he have that like two years ago? No, he had it at the beginning of the season. Like right, uh, right before oh, the season started. Right. Or hmm. he might have he actually, I think he missed the first couple games. Forgot about that. Maybe it's something creeping back in there. Some kind of like inflammation or something that they need to go uh, do another like three week surgery on, you know? All right. Is it time to talk about all star voting? Yeah, this this is obviously the hottest topic in the NBA right now. Let's just break down. Let's just go right into the East because I think the East makes the most sense out of everything. <laughs> I was gonna say that absolutely. I was gonna say the East actually makes less sense because you have to fill up twelve spots somehow. Yeah, and so there's not twelve All Stars in the East right now. Obviously, the number one vote getter is Captain Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I mean we should. Uh, I guess qualified. So all star voting is fifty percent fan voting, twenty five percent players, twenty five percent the writers for the starters, and then the coaches make up the reserves. Correct. I thought it was just a straight fifty fans and then twenty five players, twenty five media, media, right? Yeah, and then I don't know if that just dictates the starters or if it dictates the whole twenty four guys. Um, they're also televising this like draft thing, which, you know, like how they uh, have like changed the format where now it's just like two captains picking up teams. And I think everyone kind of figured they would televise it. I just think they wanted that first year to kind of work out any kinks if they had them. So it'll be kind of interesting. But yeah, go ahead. So Giannis is number one in the East. Yeah. Uh, it's also broken up as three front court and two back court, which I think is really stupid with positionless players like Ben Simmons. But it must makes more sense to do three backcourt and two frontcourt. I think they should just do five starters. Uh, it just Ben Simmons is seven feet tall and plays point guard. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, I mean, if it really is for the fans, like take the positions out of it because you know when we saw it last year, it was like end of games. It was like LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Giannis. It was basically all six, seven guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with small ball, I mean, we've, we've had a team that's won three out of the last four titles with Draymond Green playing center. It's, I don't know, it's stupid. But yeah, okay. So Giannis is number one on the East. Uh, he's obviously then number one on the front court. Right. So then uh, the, the next two front court players for the East are Kawhi and then Joel Embiid. And those no lead by a large margin compared to number four, Jason Tatum. You should not. Uh, I don't. Uh, Giannis, Kawhi, Joel Embiid, I think are just solid locks for the front court in the East. And I think fourth would have to be Blake Griffin. Yeah. So it, in an ideal world, it, I think we would agree on this. It would be Giannis, Kawhi, Embiid, Griffin, and then probably Butler. Yeah, after that, I think. I mean, after uh, Blake Griffin, there's a huge drop off, and then you're gonna, you know, it's like it's kind of like Jimmy Butler, Siakam for Toronto. I mean, you know, that's kind of really it. Like the, the East is not good. They don't really deserve to have 12 spots. They should just go with 24 All Star players instead of doing 12 from the East and 12 from the West. But uh, on the East guards, uh, Kyrie is leading the pack. Number two is Dwayne Wade, probably just on the whole sympathy retirement kind of tour. Um, three, so those would be your starters, would be Kyrie and Dwayne Wade. Uh, 
does not seem appropriate. Um, and then in a kind of rounding out the list, <laughs> yeah, three would be Kemba, who I think should take Wade's spot, uh, even though he's had some injury problems lately. Four, Ben Simmons. Five, Oladipo. Six, Lowry. And then after that, we kind of just are making up. You know, we're just trying to fill the spots. Uh, maybe Bradley Beal on kind of a he should get in because there's 12 spots open kind of thing. Yeah, it's a really low drop-off for someone that was an all-star last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, personally, my picks, you know, I mean, I did this NBA fan voting, right? Uh, I had Kemba and Kyle Lowry. I put Lowry ahead of Irving. Um, and then I went with Embiid, Kawhi, and Giannis. I think that's fair. I think it'd also be fair to put Ben in the front court spot because he's like 6'8", and Butler's like 6'7". <laughs> Like, oh, Ben Simmons is actually, I think, closer to seven feet tall. Like, I know he's listed at like six nine or six ten, but I think he's actually seven feet tall. Like when I think he's front grown. court, I think like yeah. six eight and higher is like yeah. a chopping point. And then like guards, it's like you've got to be under six eight or you're not a guard. Like I get he's a point forward, but he's not a guard. Yeah, that that's why I mean it's just it's kind of weird because they kind of did the same thing and I guess we can just jump in the West, but they did the same thing with Luka Doncic, right? They put him in the front court even though he plays essentially as a point point guard. But uh in yeah. the West, <laughs> uh the leading vote getter overall is LeBron James. Uh and then in the front court would be filled out by Doncic, who's surprisingly got three point three million votes. Like kudos to him. I think that's like third or fourth. Third, yeah, he'd finish third in in uh, fan voting, and then uh, the last front court player for the West would be Paul George. Uh, I have some problems with uh, the front court, and then the guards positions. You have Steph Curry, no real surprise. Derek Rose edging out James Harden by about four hundred thousand votes. Yeah, let's go Rose. <laughs> let's go Rose. There's a lot of problems with the West. Um, so here's just kind of the rundown for the front court. So LeBron one, Luca two, PG three, KD four, eighty five, Stephen Adams six, Jokic all the way down in seventh. Definitely need we that needs to be bumped up. Cal Kuzma probably getting a late surge at eight, and then Draymond and Boogie. Uh, on the guards you got Curry, Rose, Harden, Westbrook, Thompson, Lillard, DeRozan, Ball, CP three somehow, and Devin Booker. Uh, yeah, yeah. So our boy Lillard's going to get snubbed again. So let's just put that out there. So I will say that when I was doing this NBA fan voting, and you can vote multiple times, right, which is funny in itself. But uh, at first I did have Damian Lillard in in my backcourt. But then as Curry was starting to play more and more games, I mean, he obviously missed some games early, which is why I had Lillard there. I was just durability. Curry's doing a little bit, you know, 28 and a half points, and some of his shooting is unreal right now. So my backcourt is Harden Curry, and frontcourt was Kevin Durant, Paul George, and Jokic. Yeah, Jokic should really be higher than Steven Adams in, like, any Jokic world. should be a lock. Look, like, Jokic should be a lock in the frontcourt. Best court. player on what was the best team, like, two games and ago. And then I think after that, you know, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, you obviously can't take all three. So it's like it's like two out of those three. I think LeBron has missed too many games to give him the starter position. And I, I get that Doncic is probably like rookie of the year, but realistically, I think it should be Paul George, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, two out of those three, and then Jokic in the front court. Is it crazy to me that like if we did just like number of votes instead of east and west and front and back courts, that like it'd all be like basically the west. Kyrie is so far ahead 
Like, yeah. Like Kyrie's above Curry. Like, what the? Yeah, which I mean, Kyrie's been pretty good, but honestly, I, I would put in Kyle Lowry just a slide ahead of him. You know, I think he'd be like my flex move. You know, if I had some flex moves, it'd be Kyrie, Blake Griffin, AD, LeBron if he was healthy, and Lillard. Like the East has like such sharp drop offs, and the West is like, oh yeah, our our top eight's gonna have a million plus votes. Yeah, like it's weird to me that Lillard is gonna be, you know, is, you know, is he gonna sneak in? But then you're gonna have a guy like. I don't know, like Jeremy Lin might make the the all-star game and Lillard might not. You gotta be kidding me. Well, this is why we don't trust the people's decision and we uh, hope that the media and the players and my electoral college system. That that the the players voter fraud from all (laughs) these internationals who are voting. We need to bar the internationals from voting. Please balance us out. Basketball gods restore balance to the universe. Uh, I guess let's wrap up with with some MVP. We're about we're a little bit more than halfway through the season. Who's the MVP frontrunner? All right, so if I had to make a vote today, yeah, it would probably the Oscars be... are coming up. You know, Oscar nominations. Who's who's taking on Best Picture? It's got to be like I'm gonna have to say Harden right now, just barely over Giannis because in this last month, he's just exceeded expectations that's pretty much it i would go Giannis over harden just a slight bit but yeah i mean it's essentially those two and then i would say Jokic and Embiid, paul george are kind of the like that would fill out my top five yeah it's definitely those two and then that next set of three and Kawhi, Kawhi Steph, maybe like Kev, Katie, LeBron would kind of be like that third tier, um, and I'm just kind of knocking Steph, Kawhi, and LeBron because they've missed too many games. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I think Katie is also kind of that third tier. I mean, it's you know, so hard like, to, to say he should deserve it when he can play one on one the whole game, you know. Yeah, and it's also hard to say that Kevin Durant is the MVP when I think Curry in less games is has d- played better than he has. Hey, he's almost, Curry's almost averaging 50-50-90. Yeah, which is it's awesome. Like, it, you know, like the last couple of years I've kind of been, you know, like not really fans of Golden State, not really haters of Golden State. It just kind of irks me that whole kevin durant thing is like never gonna like it's it's never not going to bother me but now it's like oh i can just kind of watch golden state i'm like all right they're still fun it's still fun to watch these guys play so one you know it's still watch Steph run around make these ridiculous shots it's fun to watch clay put up these like crazy quarters where he doesn't even dribble the ball you know it's fun to watch kevin durant like kind of go into iso you know slim reaper kind of mode yeah, when you get to see those crazy shooting nights from really any of those guys, it's just like, whoa. Like, it's still like, uh, you know, mind. it's not mind-boggling, but it's like, holy crap, like, that's some serious It's like, firepower. if you appreciate basketball, you can still appreciate the game these guys are playing, uh, even though this is Katie's third year and, you know, kind of the sixth year of this 
uh, or I guess fifth year of the Steve Kerr kind of system. Uh, title favorite. All right. Golden, are you taking Golden right now? Would you take Golden State to win the title or the field? So Golden State or one of the other 29 teams in the league? Just like you know, a Vegas betting odds, or is this something you're just making uh, up right know, now? I'm just kind of making stuff up. I'm just kind of making stuff up. <laughs> There's no real odds on this. I'm just saying State is probably the presumptive favorite, right? Considering I think I'd still take Golden probably... State. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I guess one last question I have is Giannis win the MVP this year. You know, every time I kind of watch Giannis, I'm thinking he still doesn't really have a, a shot yet. You know, he's averaging like 18, 19 points in the paint, which is insane, but he doesn't really have that jump shot yet. Like he, it still feels like Giannis hasn't fully arced into his game yet. Yeah. And the funny part is he like, actually it feels takes like, like he two threes the... a game now. Yeah, it feels like Giannis could still win another MVP. Whereas I think James Harden, you know, we're kind of in his prime right now, and it's only really go kind of plateau or down. Whereas I think Giannis, his game can still go up even more. Yeah, I think, you know, you could make the same argument for Anthony Davis too, where it's like he's kind of hitting that plateau-ish. I know he hasn't been like on the same Harden level in terms of almost winning it, but he's been in that conversation the past three years pretty consistently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, AD is still a little bit younger, right? He's still only like 25, 26. Like he's, he hasn't, I mean, I would say like your NBA prime is kind of 27 to 33. I think AD, definitely on his next contract, you'd have prime AD, I would, I would say. Yeah. And that's what we'll leave you as the viewers with the question for this week. Uh, and with that, we hope you enjoyed our Heart in the Paint podcast for this wonderful January 22nd, 2019. Fuck Duke. Uh, Duke is indeed a bunch of losers. And <laughs> we'd like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, Folgers Instant Coffee, the wonderful people that fill you up in your cup every morning. They make it a nice, delicious 60-second or less brew. Coffee for Mormons, I hear. It tastes beautiful, especially when you don't have a coffee maker yet. And give, us, give, us, uh, give us a little bit of a talk on coffee here, Matt. So, so just to kind of round things out in the overtime segment for this week, <laughs> uh, So, as you might have known, I have recently moved to beautiful little suburbs of Salt Lake City. Uh, right now it is getting dark outside, but I can still see a bunch of snow on the mountaintops, which is pretty cool. Uh, the number one complaint that people tend to have over here is the <laughs> bowl-shaped air inversions that occur uh, when you get like weird bands of cold and dry versus hot and humid air that basically make your air quality in the, in the valley a bunch of clam chowder because your mountains are the edge of your cereal bowl. Uh, it's really interesting to fly into, which is kind of cool. It's like you can see the mountains and you see like these yellow clouds and you fly in and then the city shows up, which is kind of neat. But it have you, gets... Have you been jazz games? Oh, yes. I have been to several jazz games. I am a diehard... <laughs> What's his name? Joe Ingles kind of guy? Yeah, I've been, I've been a uh, Royce O'Neal fan. Uh... <laughs> 
No, it's been it's been great. You know the they don't really have any other sports teams here, so kind of the whole town's all in on it. It kind of almost feels like a college team, which is pretty unique, I think. Like, do people talk about Jimmer Fredette at all? I haven't been down that far south yet, so <laughs> okay. Uh, I I really actually want to go there and get like a shirt or like see if there's a statue of him somewhere because. <laughs> Uh, and Grayson Allen plays for the Jazz, right? Yeah, so... Alright, we gotta try to get him on the pod. <laughs> gotta give him something to do. Yeah, he's not very good still. Like, uh, even in the Cavs game, he had like six fouls and like four turnovers. It was pretty sad. But uh, it didn't matter because Mitchell had like 24 points by halftime and the game was already a 40-point lead, so... <laughs> Like, I had, I had a bet with my dad at the end of the third quarter, like, you know, who's going to score, who's going to hit this score first? You know, are the Jazz going to hit 100 or are the Cavs going to hit 60? And uh, I actually narrowly lost that bet. And so then I was like, all right, we'll go next 10 points. Who hits 110 or 70 first? Uh, I'm glad I didn't take that bet because I would have lost that one too. But... uh <laughs> I'm just like that was actually how like upside of the game was, but everybody like oh my god the uh, the feeling around Mitchell is insane like he is like this golden child poster boy like it, it's almost a I don't want to say it's like LeBron in Cleveland but it's a very similar like we really embraced him like everybody like, loves the guy high. like nobody can say anything bad about him and get away with it. It's kind of like uh, uh, Darren Fox in Sacramento. He's just become like their guy, even though they've only had him for a year and a half. Yeah, and he's just like always saying the right things, doing the right things, playing well. Like, you know, everybody's bummed when he's hurt or not playing or this, that, and the other. And of course, you know, basically sweeping OKC last year really helped that out a lot because in all of their pre hype <laughs> videos, they just show him like, dunking in all those games pretty much he's obviously the guy everybody cheers for the most even though like Gobert is equally as important or even Joe Ingles dude I mean oh they keep showing so in all of the hype videos they show the one clip of Joe Ingles where he gets like just brutally cut over his eyebrow and he's just like bleeding <laughs> all over his face and then he puts on the headband they showed Classic. that clip four times in the pre-game hype video and so, uh, so with that, we'll leave you guys for this episode of Hard in the Paint. You can find <laughs> us on SoundCloud. The associated links below. We always love your feedback, questions, comments, and complaints. And we will uh, join you guys next time, hopefully from a desk and chair, because my butt hurts sitting on this hardwood floor. Uh, thank you all for watching, and have a fantastic day.